Welcome to the Two Button Crew Podcast. I'm Scott. Today I'm joined by Glenn. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Very good. And our extra special guest, Nathaniel from Nathan Blake Games. Thank you for joining us. Howdy ho, everyone. Thanks for having me. You might recognize that jovial voice from our Zelda RPG podcast, but... And the uh, custom robo episode we did. Of course. Yes. Practically (laughs) an honorary TBC member at this point. Aww. (laughs) What have you been up to lately on your channel and podcast? Oh, on uh, on my channel, I've been uh, making a slight shift. Uh, I'm I'm looking into doing some more like light sketches and stuff like that, and uh, I'll still be doing gaming stuff, but maybe easing back on it just a little bit. It's just, uh, I, I when I got into doing YouTube stuff, I always wanted to do sketch stuff, and I just never had the time. And now I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make it a priority and do it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so you could our... say it's a, it's a New Year's resolution. Yeah. <laughs> Although I actually didn't even think about it being the first of the year when I was like, I'm going to do this. I was just like, all right, I'm back from like going to people's houses and family over the holidays and stuff. It's time to like buckle down and do it. Just do it. Just do it. Some of our favorite TBC episodes were sketches. So that's a lot of fun. Yes. Well, speaking of New Year's resolutions, this is our, our 2020 special new year's resolution episode we're talking about backlogs today backlogs the dreaded topic that every gamer has uh the video games that we've purchased but not played or maybe started but sat down and and pursued something else shiny but i'm excited for this one because i've got a backlog that's weighing on me and i just want to talk about this issue with you guys get it off my chest and uh, make a game plan for tackling this list of 26 games I have, I think. Uh, how are you guys doing with your backlogs overall? Like, um, what are you looking to get out of this episode? Uh, hopefully a better understanding of how to manage it and maybe even like what my perspective on uh, what a backlog should look like. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think that's probably... Uh... A, a decent like scope for trying to figure out for this episode is what what should your backlog look like because it can't just be every game you own that you haven't played yet because i am drowning in steam games <laughs> i tell you what i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that statistic one in three steam games purchased has never been played Ooh, yikes that's the, yeah, I, I'd believe it because especially if you're, you know, I, I subscribe to like Humble Monthly and I get on Humble and, and get a bundle if there's like one game in the bundle that I'm like interested in that I'm getting at a better price than I would have if I hadn't done the bundle, you know. And so every time you do that, you end up with like a one to 15 ratio of like games that you actually wanted versus games that you think are kind of interesting and might play in the future. <laughs> yeah. I actually never hopped aboard the Steam train, but I did get on board with the Epic Game Store, and they've been giving away a lot of free stuff, so now I have that collection kind of growing, but I'm not counting that as a backlog. We should go ahead and define what a backlog is, because maybe the brief definition that I offered was a little too broad as far as if you own a game and haven't played it. So I think what I'm counting is this generation, because I could always go back to previous generations and say like, well, I bought the NES and SNES classic. So technically I need to play and beat all of those games. But for my intents and purposes, 
It is games that I've purchased this generation on my current consoles that I haven't beaten. <laughs> what about you, Nathaniel? I think for me, uh, it would have to be slightly more broad in a way, but also a little more targeted. It would be games that I've... Uh, games that i'm specifically interested in you know like um games from older generations are fine as long as it's like you know there's very few final fantasies that i've ever gotten into and i'd love to like go back and play some of those so those are still technically on my backlog um and then obviously new games that have come out because you know i'm sure we'll get into some of this as we go along but Goodness gracious, it seems like every game that has come out in the past six months has been like, this game has gotten the seal of approval from God himself. It's the best game that's <laughs> ever been made. And you're like, well, I got to try that eventually. <laughs> if it's sent from heaven, I better go ahead and add that to my cart. Right. Yeah, so uh, for me, I maybe I may, may uh, have the broadest definition. So I think what Nathaniel said about it's games that you're specifically interested in, that's definitely how I view my backlog because there are games that I've bought and I never beat. I have no intention of beating because they just aren't worth uh, the investment to me. And admittedly, that's actually very few games. I will play a game that I dislike to the end in most cases. There are just a few that are like just too far away from... And it isn't even always games that are bad. It's just what the game is trying to accomplish is not something I'm interested in participating in. Then why did you buy it? Uh, because I heard good things about it, and I thought, okay, maybe this is, you know, I'll enjoy this, because this is a classic. And as I've mentioned before, I do try, kind of try to be a connoisseur. I do uh, try to, you know, to sound pretentious about it. I do try to play games uh, that are considered classic. So an example of them, and this is a game that I would consider bad, is like the original Splinter Cell. I got that on Steam, and I got a few levels into it, and I realized, wow, this is really poorly designed for a stealth game <laughs> so um, you know that's one that I, that I want to go back and finish that explains why you bought it and my follow-up question is going to be why do you keep them but i guess if it's on steam you're kind of stuck are there yeah, games you hmm? do you tend to get rid of any games that are physical that you don't that you're not digging uh yeah absolutely i'll, I'll sell games that i don't want um so I've, uh, sometimes, you know, you get game. I remember I got an N64 from a friend of my dad's as sort of a thank you gift for helping him move. And I went ahead and sold a lot of it because there were like some wrestling games on there. And it's one of those things where I don't really care about professional wrestling. So I've definitely <laughs> w- am willing to let go of games that I have no interest in that, you know, physical releases. Yeah, that's kind of a problem for me. I think I'm going to ask you guys advice specifically later when we get to the section about what's actually on each of our backlogs, uh, if I I should sell some things or stick with them. Do you tend to hang on to games, Nathaniel? Yeah, I I tend to. uh, Like, in general, I feel kind of... I, I kind of probably more of like a collector. I mean, not that I'm like seeking out to like get specific collections of games necessarily but as far as like once i've gotten a game even if i didn't really like it that much i like being able to put it in the lineup in alphabetical order with my other games on my shelf and be like all right here we go here it is but you know mm-hmm. there it is right there next to the other three harvest moons even if this is the crappiest harvest moon game i've ever played there it is <laughs> yeah 
Well, and <laughs> speaking of Harvest Moon, that brings me back around to something about my backlog is sometimes I'll put a game on my backlog that I don't even own yet. And it's like, okay, this is something I for sure want to play, but I haven't oh. gotten around to buying it yet. But, right. you know, it's on my to-do list. And so, and I've tried to step away from that mindset because I think really you sh when it comes to backlog management, you should focus on what you own, not what you don't own. Um, but, you know, so it's like a backlog is not a to-do list. It's not like a, a wish list or a, um, you know, these are the games I want to experience. Would, would you guys agree with that? It might be a to-do list, but I don't think it's a wish list. Yeah, I'd, I'd say for me, a, a backlog is, is really kind of like, a, these are the experiences I would like to have at one point in my life. <laughs> even if maybe you don't own them? Yeah, even if I don't own them. I think maybe it's almost like a bucket list for video games. Oh. Yeah, so I, I would say that probably just for the sake of... Um, one's own sanity it's probably good to separate the ba uh, bucket list from as you put uh, the bucket list from the backlog um, yeah. but it is very easy to conflate those things yeah for sure okay and the scope of this episode will be backlog so mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like we could boil it down to games that we own that we want to play yeah games that hey. we own that we want to play uh typically to completion or to you know, depending on, like, not necessarily 100% completion, but you want to reach a certain point in the game. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. And that actually does remind me, there are things in my backlog which are actual, like, specific achievements in games. Like, uh, in Pikmin 3, I want to get all of the uh, fruit in the game, and I haven't done that yet. Huh. <laughs> Those are some very beautiful-looking fruits. Oh my gosh, they're gorgeous, but... <laughs> Pikmin has always been a beautiful franchise. So how does a backlog come to be? And I think we hinted about this a little earlier, but I'm going to guess that the number one factor is sales, whether that's discounts or just straight up free games. But it makes you feel like this purchase is time sensitive and I have to add it to my collection, even if I don't have the time to play it right away. Yes, yeah. 100%. Because and that's that's especially true with uh, Nintendo games because Nintendo games don't go on sale as much like not even just first party Nintendo games but like eShop games don't go on sale nearly as often as like Steam. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, whenever for instance you know like around Thanksgiving I found that the the most recent Harvest Moon game on the Switch was on sale for a really good price and so I picked it up uh, and started playing it and I played it. Uh, all the way through between Thanksgiving and Christmas, little into New Year's and stuff, you know, as yeah. I was traveling around for holidays and stuff, that was my go-to to like pull out, play for a few minutes, have some fun, everything, especially because, you know, farming simulator, pretty easy to like play for a few minutes while you're talking to somebody else when it's just like a big group of family together doing different things, milling about and everything. Yeah. But, that said, during those holiday sales, there was, you know, two or three other games also, like Capcom had a big sale that went on, and uh, the the local Walmart at that my wife's family uh, lives near had a copy of Splatoon 2 on, like, it had been returned, and so it was... Uh, oh, it was open I, box. Yeah, it was open box, so it was like $36 or something like that, which is nice. an excellent price for a first party 
Nintendo game. And so it's really hard to be like, oh, I'm not going to get this, and then I'm going <laughs> to spend $60 on it later. Sweet. Yeah, mm-hmm. even just following like Wario64 on Twitter, you guys know him? Yeah. Well, Nathaniel, do you know him? <laughs> I, should uh, ask. I have not seen him, no. Okay, he is like the lord of deals in gaming, and I followed him for a while, and it was just dangerous because he would tweet like, Target's website has a vulnerability. You can stack all these coupons, get anything you want for eighty percent off. So that's I, wonderful. What? Who was? What was his name again? <laughs> Wario sixty four. A fitting name for someone who's always talking about how to get the best deal. <laughs> Yes, yep, agreed. He has been followed on my Twitter. Thank you. You'll love it. Um, there was I had Best Buy Gamers Club unlocked, which was a, a deal that was too good to be true. It was so cheap, and it got you huge discounts on games, uh, even brand new ones. And they cut me off a month early. Yeah, I know. It, it was it was running out. It was not a sustainable business model. So I felt like I have to use this Gamers Club unlocked membership while I can and purchase switch games before before i'm not able to anymore at a discount so i've got a lot of games from there that i haven't even played yet so there's yeah. sales I think no i mean they, they cut me off a month early i went to go buy uh, luigi's mansion 3 and i i started my membership on december 1st of 2017 i got luigi's mansion uh, sometime in like november 2nd and they told me uh-huh. no no you're, you're not a member of this anymore okay well oh. good luck with your lawsuit <laughs> that's sad yeah, <laughs> that is very sad. Yeah, and I think also another thing that that really attributes to backlogs too is like, uh, you know, hype. Whether mm-hmm. that's like media hype or uh, whether it's just like the general uh, perception of the game, or you know, one one that's a big deal for me is like my friend groups. You know, whenever a big group of friends are all playing the same game and they're like, yeah, the new Monster Hunter is amazing, and I'm like, well, I don't even really like Monster Hunter, but if everybody's playing it i guess and then you get it and you try to get into it and you're like (laughs) ah man this is really dense and hard to get into and then yeah i've tried yeah godspeed (laughs) (laughs) right so anyway um i've I've got a couple other oh i've got a couple other factors for how backlog backlogs form and these are probably both going to sound like confessions but that's okay (laughs) one would be living games so games that are updated constantly, mm-hmm. uh, new challenges weekly, that kind of thing, or seasons with new new modes and, and things like that. Just they're made to keep bringing you back, whether that's free to play or something. Yeah, they're, My, they're designed to monopolize your time. Yeah, they, yes, they are, and and they got me with Fortnite big time. Um, <laughs> if I looked at a pie chart of my Switch gaming time, it's probably half. Fortnite. I've played it about 600 hours. So I think if I did not get into Fortnite, I basically wouldn't have backlog. I think I could have used that 600 hours for all my other games. Um, yeah, I, I would. I would say. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to Go cut ahead. you off. Uh, I would say more broadly. Uh, more broadly, the issue is that we are all, at least physically and from a sociological perspective, adults. Um, <laughs> so, the thing what you is, saying about me, good? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything uh, at all specifically about you. Um, I gosh, I love plausible deniability. Uh, 
but the 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 thing is we have i would say we're at a point in our lives where we have more disposable income than we have free time yeah good and point. that's just part of being an adult though to be fair even as a kid i had a little bit of a backlog because i i um had a tendency to buy games before i finished them and i even back then that bugged me but yeah well you know, I think it, it's also... only gotten worse Two, two more things that I think contribute to a backlog. Uh, one of them is that I, I feel like, uh, for me, I'm not as good at completing games. Um, and normally I'll only play a game for an extended period of time if I'm, like, really into it. So I have to become mm-hmm. kind of obsessive. Like, it was a big deal that I actually finished Persona 5 because it took, like, for me it was, like, 80, 90 hours to get through and it was really fun, but it was a thing where I would play for like three months straight, and then I just wouldn't touch it for like a month, and yeah. then I come back and then I play it again. And for me, normally, if I take that like month long break, when I try to come back in, it's really hard to get back in. Yeah. But I enjoy the games, and so it, it creates this issue where I have like a big group of games in my backlog that I have played the first quarter or half of, and now you have that question of. Uh, do I play from the beginning and try to go through again and then beat it? Or do I try to pick up where I left off? And I think for me, and that might be more unique to me because I'm less of a completionist than, than it sounds like Glenn is especially. Um, but for me, that's a huge contribution to backlog is that idea of like the games that I wanted to play, that I wanted to beat, that I'm really enjoying, but something got in the way, I put them down for a little while, and now it's so hard to get back into them. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I, I've certainly do, done that, and I will admit there are some games that I've walked away from that I feel like I have to restart. Like uh, yeah. Chibi Robo Photo Finder, I, I got about maybe five hours into that, uh, and then I think I put it down because I realized, you know, I probably want to experience this truly for the first time when I'm writing that article series, which I have yet to get around to. Um, and uh, Final Fantasy VII, I got like, I got out of Midgar and, uh, and like during a marathon session, and this was like shortly after coming off of like a pretty long grinding session for Final Fantasy VI. So I was just burnt out on Final Fantasy by that point, and yeah. so mm-hmm. I'm going to have to restart that one. <laughs> yeah. And I think probably the the last thing is that it's not entirely our faults. <laughs> and I, it, this ties into what you were saying about us being adults now. When you think about the actual age of the gaming industry as a whole, um, we're like one of the first generations to be like kids when they were really go, getting going and adults as they've like finally taken off their normal part of the mainstream. Everybody plays them all the time, blah, blah, blah. And so when we started, and, and also it was right before the internet was really a thing too. So mm-hmm. when you think about it, I was, I was realizing when you were talking about we have more disposable income than we have time. When I was a kid, I didn't know what new games were coming out. And I didn't know what games were supposed to be the new it thing that was going was gonna to like, you know, just explode. Yeah. What I knew is I had been to Blockbuster and there was a really cool looking game yeah. and I would rent it and I'd play it and I know that I only had a week to beat that game and then I was going to have to bring it back and my family didn't have enough money to go purchase it then afterwards. Mm. And so we would occasionally once a month maybe rent a game for a week 
and I had one week to beat that game, and so it was more likely for me to beat those games, and there were less games, because there was only so many companies making games, and there was only so many, like, people playing games, and so there was less of an audience, but now, you know, like, Death Stranding is a good example of a game that came out that, like, it was so, you were either in love with the game or you weren't, I haven't gotten to play it yet, it's on my backlog, um, <laughs> but it, it's a situation of like there's so many people who just absolutely loved it and was like man it's so interesting and innovative and different and then there's so many people like this game is boring you just essentially walk around a bunch yeah. and so we finally gotten to this point where every game is going to have this huge massive following essentially whether it's a cult following or it hits half of everyone and so it feels like every game is like this big massive thing that everybody's talking about needs to be played versus back in the day, you know, you saw a clay fighter on the N64 and you're like, Oh man, that looks kind of neat. I wonder if that's cool. (laughs) And that's, that's all you knew about the game. Yeah. That reminds me, I was recently musing about um, how so many of my game recommendations came from Nintendo power. And now uh, I'm subscribed to the uh, spiritual successor NF magazine. And I, don't really use enough for uh, game selection like I use Nintendo Power for. I realized that was kind of strange. I really read it more for the articles mm-hmm. now. Well, NF rates everything pretty high, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, they do. I, I seem to recall like uh, the Wolfenstein Youngblood or whatever. Uh, they, you know, how they kind of put sometimes put a quote that's in larger print mm-hmm. uh, on the page. Uh, it was something like, yeah, you should probably uh, pass on this or whatever. And it got like a 7 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. we, we should have grilled Lucas Thomas about that when we had him on the podcast. Um, not that I hate NF or anything. I've, I have every issue. But that would have been kind of fun to poke at him yeah. for. And that's another thing is I have a huge backlog of NF magazines. I have oh, like stop three it. of them I haven't read. <laughs> so my backlog <laughs> extends to like uh, books as well. <laughs> Hey, so getting back to my two confessions, my second one is that uh, new games intimidate me. So I have the money to buy them at launch and get them pre-ordered and shipped to my house or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't usually have the time to play much of them. Like I'm married and everything, so if my wife is going to be doing something for 30 minutes or 45 minutes, I can play a game by myself, but it doesn't feel like enough time Because the decision becomes, am I going to pop this new game in, learn its controls, try to learn everything, what I need to do, and usually games don't have that good of onboarding unless they're a first-party Nintendo game that helps, but I kind of need good onboarding to really get into a game. And then, just because I don't have that much time to devote to games, everyone else on the internet has already beaten them by the time I get around to them. So it's like, is it worth trying to get into this game now and taking the time that I'm going to take to beat it or with my 30 to 45 minutes should I just sit down and do something that I'm already comfortable with a game which controls I already know I can hop on Fortnite and get a win really quick and feel like I spent my time well so Mm -hmm. I just have a hard time getting into new games yeah and I certainly with longer games especially I certainly have that issue too because I see that the the starting a uh, a new game is one of the hardest parts of actually dealing with your backlog. 
because it's just sort of like, oh gosh, so I really want to start this like 40 hour epic RPG. And the weird thing is like you look at something, it's like, oh my gosh, that's like 20 hours. And then you like break it down. It's like if you play three hours a, a night, you know, or two hours, you know, very manageable chunks, at least for my lifestyle. I don't know about you all, but um, and yeah. it actually only takes like a week or two to beat a game that's like 20 hours long. That's a good point. Yeah, so is a backlog bad? I mean, it sounds like it's so easy to accrue one, and it's a problem that most gamers have, but should I even be calling it a problem? Let's... Here, yeah, Well, you know, it's one of those things where I would actually argue that, it, okay, it's bad if you don't manage it, because um, then you're spending money on stuff that you never use, and I, you know, I think wastefulness is you know kind of it is something you should avoid but at the same time i would argue that a well-managed and well-trimmed like keeping it small backlog can actually be a good thing because uh at least for me i tend to have kind of narrow uh a narrow range of interests and in, like what nintendo's releasing so you know nintendo releases fire emblem three houses and i have no interest in that game Hey, well, yeah. Tokyo Mirage Sessions coming out for you. No, not 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 interested in playing that one either. If I want to play Persona, I'm going to get like a. I found out that Persona uh, Four. R? Persona. Hmm? Oh, I said R. <laughs> yeah, Persona Four for the. Uh, uh, you can download that on the PlayStation Three network for like ten bucks. That's that's how I'm going to get into the series. But um, you know, and that's something on my my uh, bucket list. But where was I going with this? Um, if you manage it well, yeah. If you manage it well, then that's what you—that's uh, what gets you through those dry spots. That's true. They give you a little something to look forward to. I think so. It's yeah. Uh, go ahead. I I totally agree with Glenn. I think that uh, like you have it's a fine line because it's like a messy room. Like if you let it get too bad, then when you look around, you just get overwhelmed and you can't. You can't really function, and so in that case, it's bad uh, if you let it get too big, obviously. So if it's not managed well, then you look at your backlogs, and you're like, oh, man, there's too many of them. Or you forget to put a bunch of your backlogs on there, and so they're the ones you really want to play. And so whenever you come to your backlog, you play something, and then a week later, when you're halfway through that game, you're like, oh, yeah, I was going to try to play Persona 4, you know. Um, but... That said, if you can keep it trimmed down, then, you know, it is really helpful whenever you, you hit a dry spell or whatever and you suddenly realize, like for me, I have uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, haven't got to start it yet. It's part of my backlog. And uh, I like Fire Emblem and I've been told that it, it does have sort of like a Persona 5, Persona 4 sort of vibe to it as far as being like a goofy school simulator sort of thing. And so, like... I'm super pumped that I have that there. So whenever I finish things that I'm already working on, or when I have some free time, I can just be like, all right, cool. I get to play this game that I'm like really pumped about playing. And so, you know, just the fact that you have those games on that list can sometimes just be an enjoyable and exciting thing to be able to look at it and be like, Oh yeah, I get to play that game eventually. And that game eventually, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I have like the entire metal, almost the entire Metal Gear series to look for because I uh, recently got like the Metal Gear Solid collection for PlayStation 3. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, I'm 
despite the fact that I've only beaten the first Metal Gear so far, um, I am really, really looking forward to getting experience that series, because what little I have experienced, I liked. Heck, I even liked the, like, really janky um, <laughs> first game. Like, you know, that I, the one game in the collection that I've already beaten. <laughs> I agree with you guys that if it's managed well, backlog can be a good thing. But mine definitely got to the point where it was a beast, and it was kind of weighing on me. Um, and I would just rather have no backlog at all. I would rather be able be at the point where I buy a game because I'm looking for a game to play and I have time to play it. I beat it, and then I can look at buying the next game and kind of do one at a time. I don't know if that is too pie in the sky, but it's better <laughs> than it's better than what I'm doing right now. Well, which and was... you know, the, the the flip side of that is something I've seen is for whatever reason I have a real desire to go back and replay some games. And I mm-hmm. kind of feel like I can't do that uh, yeah. because I have a backlog. So, you know, it. There, I, I would say that there is still downsides to having that. But, you know, it, it all depends on, like, if you're the kind of person that wants to go back and replay certain games. Right. And it, I got to the point where it was the opposite, basically. It was mm-hmm. like, what am I doing? I'm spending money on a brand new game that just came out with really no actual intentions to play it. It was like playing games and buying games became two separate hobbies. And I I was not happy with that outcome. So I was like, okay, we got to do something about this. And it's got negative side effects too. Like I purchased Jedi Fallen Order uh, for PS4 on release day. I was looking forward to it. I like Star Wars. And I did get it through Gamers Club Unlocked. So it was $48 instead of 60 I played about an hour, and then one of my podcasts that I follow put out uh, a spoiler episode, having already beaten the game. And I'm like, wow, I'm so behind on this game, and haven't gotten back into it. I've only played it the one session, and now I've seen it on sale already for $33, <laughs> a month and a half after it came out. And it's like, if I, if I don't buy these games, it's going to be cheaper when I actually have time to play them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'll admit that's another weird thing about having a backlog, for, at least for me, is that if I subscribe to a lot of YouTubers uh, that talk about Nintendo games, and sometimes they'll uh, talk about games that I haven't played yet that have spoilers in them, and it's like, okay, I guess I have to put this video in my YouTube backlog until I can play the game. <laughs> so, no. so, yeah, I, I have that with like uh, the Octopass expansion. Uh, in Splatoon, which I haven't bought yet, so it's not really on my backlog. Um, though I think it's on the official backlog list that I keep. I don't know. I need to uh, look at that and uh, had in time. And I have I have a few videos and <laughs> my watch later list that I just I can't watch until I play certain games. <laughs> well, Glenn, you mentioned a list that you keep, so let's get into it. What is on your current backlog? I imagine you've got a some form of list somewhere as well, Nathaniel. Uh, vaguely, yeah, I've got, I've got the ones that I'm really, really interested in, and then there's obviously stuff on my Steam list. <laughs> yeah. So All where right. do you keep this? Well, I guess you can be, you can be next. Glenn, what, what are you using for uh, tracking? Uh, so I'm keeping a spreadsheet, and keep in mind that I haven't, um, I haven't maintained this as much as I should. So there are games that should be on this list that aren't. But just a, a quick glance, there's some Steam stuff. So uh, in terms of games on Steam, I'm going to get those out of the way 
Uh, so there's a, a game called Glasswing, and um, the whole reason I bought that one, well, I played the demo and I liked that, but that was a game actually made by a, uh, an indie group here in Oklahoma. So uh, I got it entirely off that. And just so we get a sense of like where we are as you continue with this list, about how many do we have? Uh, let's see. It looks like I have about maybe 11 or 12 okay, here perfect. on the actual stuff that I haven't played yet. And then I have some goals on uh, for games that I've started but haven't completed. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a game called Else Heartbreak, which I've been meaning to start, uh, which is like, it's a Steam game that's heavily focused on like computer programming. It has like its own scripting language embedded in it. Uh, and then an RPG called The Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky, which I hear is very good, but it's been in my backlog for like, gosh, I think since before grad school. So that's I, I bought that like <laughs> five six years ago. We call that a back backlog. Uh, let's see. Other games are uh, Metal Gear Two, and really the entire Metal Gear collection minus the first game. Uh, Mischief Makers. It's that's a game for the N sixty four. Splatoon Two, the Octo expansion. Uh, the Friends of Ringo Ishikawa, which I recently bought and have yet to play. Uh, Tiny Metal, that's kind of, it's like a spiritual successor to Advance Wars. Uh, you can get that on the Switch. Uh, Ace Attorney, Spirit of Justice. Uh, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, let's see, and a few more that I haven't added to the list yet, but I can um, just name off the top of my head. Uh, I recently bought Virtua Quest and Sigma Star Saga uh, as well. So, yeah. Hey, that's... Not too unmanageable. Uh, You're you're in the low double digits. Yeah, well, there there are still more that I just, off the top of my head, uh, have forgotten about. Like, um, let's see, Uncharted 2. That's one I need to add to the list. (laughs) Gotcha, yeah. And like I said, Metal Gear 2 is just like the next game. I I didn't put the rest of the series on because I want to play them in order, so that's just just the next game in the series. Like, I have a whole... Uh, anthology to deal with with Metal Gear. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. And and how do you feel about your backlog? Um. Well, talking about it does make it seem a bit smaller than uh, it seems to me when I'm just thinking about it passively. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is going to take me a little while to get through because I have some other goals this year. Um. And uh, I have, fortunately so far, it looks like the first half of the year is not going to have a lot of stuff in it for, like, you know, Nintendo stuff. So yeah, I'm probably to make a dent in this. It's a nice little dry season. There's barely anything coming out on Switch. I mean, we got Animal Crossing in <laughs> March. Okay. So Yeah, yeah. I'm, I might be getting Animal Crossing just because it looks like the most interesting one since the first one. Yeah. Okay, is it Nathan's turn? Okay, well, so for mine that I've got, um, it has, unfortunately, a number of series in it, (laughs) which is one of the reasons it's quite so daunting, because really it's only a list of, like, uh, 12, really, but 
several of them are ones that I'm like, yeah, I want to do that, but I should finish the first two first, you know, like it's sort of, it's sort of like me and Metal Gear, huh? Yeah. So like for right now, I'm currently playing Hyrule Warriors because uh, because I, I hadn't played it before, and so I, I had it, and I've been trying to get around to playing it, and I was really and interested in playing. Is it. Is that the Switch version? Yeah, I have the the Switch okay. definitive version, and so I've been playing that. Super fun. Really, really like it. Lots of good things there. I've been a a Dynasty Warriors fan uh, since Dynasty Warriors Four was out because my best friend down the street, Christopher, uh, that was his jams. Like he associated lead guitar with Dynasty Warriors. Like he, w- we were listening to a song on the radio and some lead guitar was playing, and he was like, "Oh man, this sounds like Dynasty Warriors music." I'm like, "That's just lead guitar, man." Because <laughs> Dynasty Warriors has a lot of lead guitar in it. But anyway. That's say uh, it's super, super fun, <laughs> super pumped. So that one's actually obviously number one on my list. There's actually a number zero on my list um, because it's really a game that I've been in the middle of for a long time that I have successfully avoided spoilers about for almost 10 years. <laughs> what? Um, Bioshock Infinite is... Uh, I, I love the Bioshock series. I played the first one through... Uh, two or three times and i played the second one through twice and then i started it on bioshock infinite and it was really fun and i got halfway through it and then like life things happened and it stopped me from playing for a while and then when i came back i was like oh, i gotta start over and i started over and then life things happened again <laughs> and so off in the distance somewhere there's bioshock infinite that i need to finish and so oh. i'm i'm thinking i should jump into that as soon as i finish with hyrule warriors <laughs> Bioshock Infinite, that's the one where the girl dies at the end, right? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure the girl dies and the guy dies and everybody dies. Probably no, I so. Don't, I don't know. I have no idea about yeah. Bioshock. Wouldn't yeah. that be wonderful if I got to spoil it for you, though? That would be pretty hilarious. Because, yeah, legitimately, I would listen to some Game of the Year awards things. Uh, and I actually went back and listened to some old Game of the Award things from the same guys at GiantBomb.com. And chanced upon the year that bioshock infinite came out and when they started talking about it i was like skipping through like nope 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 it's like five years later but i'm not <laughs> spoiling this good uh, job okay so that's your number zero and your number one and, yep. and how many do you have uh i have 12 on my list so so it's going awesome going pretty good so far so next is uh the third game of the zero escape uh series um because i played 999 and i played uh whenever they released those as like a bundle on the PS4 and uh, really cool games, really interesting. Great. If you like little puzzles and if you like really stupid anime time travel stories. Um, And then the third one came out uh, probably three, four years ago now. And uh, I, yeah, that was a 3DS game, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. And I picked up the steam copy of it so I could play it on a PC. uh, Like, two years ago and it was like super on sale at some point and i'm like that's one of those that i keep forgetting that i need to go back and play so like even just having this conversation i'm like oh yeah i get to go back and play that soon and i know it's just gonna like blow my mind and be ridiculous so um next one on the list is the fire emblem games that i haven't played uh that i have currently access to because i'm like three quarters of the way through uh the one that is three games ago and then i have the one between it and the newest one and then i have the newest one 
So that's technically kind of three games, but I'm really going to focus on three houses because I know it's the one that's really going to like be the most like a game that I want to play right now. So really, that's just Fire Emblem series, but really just Fire Emblem Three Houses is my third slot. And then four is Persona 4 because I beat Persona 5 vaguely recently and uh, now I'm super into that series, so I want to go back and play it. Um, five is the Phoenix Wright trilogy because I picked that up, like I said, on that Capcom sale and I have beaten the first Phoenix Wright, so I'm really excited to play the second two. Yeah, the uh, the ending for the second one, that, that will get your adrenaline pumping. That is a really... So look forward to that. Yes. Is that the one where the girl dies? Uh, Somebody dies constantly in that game. Well, yeah, okay. pretty much everyone's... Uh, every case is, is a murder mystery, so... Yep. One Excellent. Of, one of the main characters channels the spirit of her dead sister in the first game, so I mean... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, as you and, do. Yeah, as you do. <laughs> so six is uh, Luigi's Mansion uh, Dark of the Moon, actually, because I don't own Luigi's Mansion 3, and I never played Dark of the Moon, so I need to play through that and eventually get to three, but... Uh, Glenn, I know you're twitching. Go ahead. Huh? No, I'm just nodding along. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought he was going to correct you on the title. It's just Dark Moon. Oh, Dark Moon? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with Dark of the Moon. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Nathan, that's Transformers, uh, Scott, right? Scott, Scott, I, I the, the only person I try to routinely interrupt is you. Okay. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, I think Dark of the Moon is Transformers. It is. You're right. That's where I get that from. Because yeah, I've I I think that's what my brain must be calling back to. So yeah, then uh, seventh on my list would actually be to play. I actually don't care which Final Fantasy it is next because I've I've made a decent dent in seven and I've never really played eight or nine or ten. So I'd like to play a Final Fantasy game to completion at some point, which I have only done, uh, I think, with Final Fantasy Tactics is pretty much the only one that I've ever really beat. So, well, I mean, if you want to beat a Final Fantasy game to completion and if you don't own it, then it's not in your backlog and you don't have to worry about it. But if you uh, the Game Boy Advance version of one, it only takes like 15 hours and it's. Oh. It's a very good, very simple RPG. Like it's there's yeah. just something very cozy uh, about it. Yeah. And then uh, my number eight would be Jedi Fallen Order. Whenever I can get to that one, because I am a huge Star Wars fan, super pumped about uh, the idea of playing a really good Star Wars game. Because it's been a little while since we've gotten a good one, and so um, when I heard that that was coming out, heard that it you know more recently that it's gotten excellent reviews from friends and from from people in in the world i was like oh yeah that sounds super cool i gotta play that eventually but not yet um nine is death stranding which i knew is probably going to take like half of my life to get through <laughs> uh 10 is uh i've got at least one more danganronpa game to play uh which is kind of in the same vein as the zero escape games uh and so, yeah, so I, i've heard a lot about that series and i've seen people compare it to like phoenix Wright. what can can you maybe explain a little bit yeah so essentially in danganronpa the the concept is it's like a murder mystery sort of thing only the idea is somebody has captured all of these high schoolers and stuffed them in a school together and then locked them in and then told them the only way that they can escape is if they kill each other and so you know like right off the bat Everybody's like, no, it's a terrible idea, except for like maybe one or two of the super shady people who are like, yes, murder everyone. Um, but as people die, 
because then they start dying randomly. Uh, you mm-hmm. are the character who is kind of like the lead investigator kind of guy. And you you go through and you go into all of the different rooms and you find pieces of evidence. And those are truth bullets. And your truth bullets allow you, whenever it tum- comes time for like people to actually like accuse each other and figure out what's actually going on and have like a mock trial sort of thing, you actually fire your truth bullets to break their words that are not true based on the truths that you have gleaned. So that's the part that's more Phoenix Wrighty is that you're like looking around, finding clues, and then you get into like trials. Yeah, and no, you're I thought like... some of the ideas in Phoenix Wright were silly sounding. <laughs> oh yeah, no, this is ridiculous. And then it's like obviously got all this like teenage murder house, Lord of the Flies sort of thing like wrapped around it, which is super weird. Um, but it is really kind of interesting. It's not as good as the Zero Escape series, which is also usually about lots of people dying in horrible murder games. Um, but it is still pretty cool. And that's how I got into the Danganronpa stuff is that I heard people talking about Zero Escape and thought it sounded interesting, played it, really enjoyed it for its like weird storyline because it has some really weird storyline stuff. And then people suggested Danganronpa as a, another thing that's made by, uh, a guy who I think he used to work with the guy who made zero escape. Um, and so it has like similar feel and genre. And so then I started playing it. And yeah, it did it definitely had like a Phoenix Wright feel. And I was like, ah, oh, that's pretty cool. I got through the first one, maybe the second one too. I can't remember. Yeah. I beat the first one and the second one. And then that started the third one. Cause they were, they sold it. It was like a trilogy on the PS4 a while back. And uh, the third one was like, I, I had just finished the first two, and so the third one was like, oh, guys, it's a little bit too much of the same thing. I'm kind of, kind of like, I wish it was been switched up a little more. But, yeah, so that's my number 10. And then uh, my 12, uh, my 11 and my 12 are actually just very near future games, um, <laughs> which I know may not necessarily be in the spirit of Backlog, but I t- tend to keep those in mind with my Backlog because... Well, like I said, the, uh, the Octo... Uh, expansion i don't own that yet it's on my backlog (laughs) right yeah and these are games that haven't even necessarily come out yet but the idea here is that i want to keep them on the list because i want to try to make time for them as soon as they come out so that way i can play what i think on my list i need to play before those come out and then immediately try to push those up on the list to higher on the list um because rune factory four the like definitive edition or whatever is coming out on switch in like two weeks. And, uh, I, I love harvest moon games, but I missed a couple of the rune factories. And so having a new harvest moon game to play on my switch is going to be super exciting. Harvest moon is like the perfect thing to play on a switch. I, I feel. And then, uh, animal crossing I have on there because, uh, it is going to literally devour my entire life when it comes out. And so, Yeah, so I have to be ready. I have to, like, have it on the list as just a warning saying, you know, in March. Is, is it March or May? Uh-huh. It's, it's March. March. Yeah. It's like, it's in March, fight. your life ends, so you better have all the other things out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Animal Crossing 1 came out, I rented it, and I would literally wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and just like have to run in and start playing it because I, I wanted to play it so much. And like, there's nothing to do at 5 a.m. on Animal Crossing. That's the point. And so yeah. <laughs> I'd stay up late playing it. I knew I only had a week, but like, I would like wake up just, oh my goodness, I get to play more Animal Crossing. Yes. Woo. Yes. 
Like <laughs> it was, it was one of the few games I've ever been that way in my life about. So I know when this one comes out, which is the reason it really has to be on my backlog. <laughs> The, the original I bought for my sister for her birthday, and she was already an adult and like out of the house, so I bought it way early. I bought a used copy, so it was already open, so I could play it in my GameCube until I gave it to her, and she didn't <laughs> even own a GameCube, so I ended up keeping it. So basically, it was a pretty bad gift idea, but Nailed it worked you out for it me. yourself. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else for you? I think that's pretty much it, yeah. that I mean, there is... 150 games on my Steam that I'd like to get to eventually, but I just purposefully don't bother putting them on a backlog so that they can just loom in the back of my mind and give me, like, anxiety instead. Do you want to read them all, <laughs> one by one, for us? Or? Oh, no, I don't even have them on, like, a like a comprehensive list, and I have yeah. 900 games on my Steam, so... <laughs> that, that would be a great feature for Steam, is if you could sort your games by time spent playing. That would be super helpful. And I must say, this is something that as long as we're discussing backlogs and games and stuff, and maybe this is a good segue into uh, into one of our next sections. So you guys tell me. But okay. uh, essentially, I spent a long time trying to get the games on my Steam into a good list and something horrible happened. So I, I'll just tease that, and then we can move on to the next section. You guys tell me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Okay, well, I'm going to go over mine, then we will get to what we're doing about this issue. Okay, so like I said, I'm counting PS4 and Switch games. Those are the two modern consoles that I have. They're plugged into my living room. That's what I'm focused on. 82 titles between them. Oh, goodness. Uh, and that includes some review copies back when we were doing that. That certainly didn't help. Um, 65 games are Switch titles. And of those Switch, 65 Switch titles, I have beaten 43 of them, 100%ed. Mm, not that many, but seven. So that leaves 15 Switch games. PS4 games, I have 17. I've beaten only six. That leaves me with 11. It do, did help when I broke it out a little bit. Instead of saying, like, I have a, you know, 26-game backlog, it's 15 on Switch, 11 on PS4. Made it sound a little bit more manageable. Mm. So here are the Switch games, and then I've got a couple questions for you guys about them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's Pokemon Tournament DX, Mighty Switch Force Collection, West of Loathing, Super Mario Party, Starlink Battle for Atlas, Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Dark Souls Remastered, Skyrim, Okami HD, Stardew Valley, Overwatch, Killer Queen Black, Mega Man X Legacy Collection 2 for a mouthful, and Ring Fit Adventure. That's what I have on Switch that I haven't beaten yet. Okay, so a couple of these kind of go together in pairs. Like, for example, Pokémon Tournament DX and Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. Those are both Wii U ports. I beat them both on Wii U, but I wanted to upgrade just to the better version and to have it kind of in my collection. But right now they're marked as not beaten. And it's true <laughs> that when I when I open them up on my Switch, there's no save data. You know, there's more Pokémon to play as and poke in Pokémon um in hyrule warriors i could maybe play like the sprite based adventure game instead of the the 
classic single player one and and call that a different experience that i could beat or should i just mark these off as beaten what should i do um personally i would just uh i i would mark them as low priority so one of the games that i have that i've been working on um that I didn't mention is the Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion. I recently bought that on Steam, but I've already beaten at least the base game, not, not the expansion content, but I've beaten the base game for that. So that's why it's not really on my backlog. That's just something I go, I, I play when I just don't feel like doing anything else. Yeah. So I, I would kind of view it that way. You've already beaten it. Um, now, of course, I'm, I'm someone that I'm really stubborn about um, mm-hmm. double dipping on games. So, like, case in point, when I beat Shovel Knight King of Cards, I did that on my Wii U. I hooked the Wii U back <laughs> up just to do that. Of course you did. But, you okay. know, and I'm, I'm also crazy cheap like that. Yeah, I would, okay. I would say that you can totally count those as beaten. I would look at it more as, um, I mean, like, if you had beaten Skyrim before they released the Skyrim, like, HD up-res version, you wouldn't have considered that you hadn't beaten Skyrim when they released an up-resed version of it, you know? Yeah, that's like, true. So, and, you know, even, like, expansion stuff. Like, if you had beaten, like Lam was saying, if you had beaten a game and then they released some expansion stuff, you you could maybe put some of the expanded stuff that you haven't beaten on your backlog if you really wanted to. But especially mm-hmm. if you don't see it as a priority, like, I would just say that you beat the game, and if anyone asks, then you beat it. And, you know, if they're like, hey, did you do all <laughs> of the extra stuff? You, you're like... Yeah, I guess so. Get off my back. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I was yeah, talking... Like, I, I got all the moons in Super Mario Odyssey and all the purple coins and stuff, but I didn't bother buying all the costumes that they added later on. You know, and I'm... Sure, yeah. Right, yeah. I'm perfectly content with that. Yeah. And that's okay, the thing so... is that, like, I was talking to, to my wife, Emily, and because she's, she's not played very much video games, but she got into Pokemon whenever Sword and Shield came out. And so she's played, like, the majority of it, and she's filled out her pokedex with everything except for the sword exclusive ones and then uh-huh. she was like man but i missed some of the, like the little side quest things and like people standing on corners that had like things that they wanted you to do for them and stuff and i was like there is not a soul in the world that whenever you say <laughs> i beat pokemon is gonna assume that you mean that you like found every person in every nook and cranny and like touched all the rocks like <laughs> sure yeah. okay well i wanted to talk about rpgs next um, I hate RPGs. I have a low attention span. I don't like the typical time investment of 40 plus hours that they involve. I don't like grinding. I don't like not being able to advance because of a statistic versus my uh, my reflexes or muscle memory. Um, don't like stories in video games. Don't like not knowing where to go next. Don't like knowing if my party is optimized or not. So you're talking more JRPGs uh, than, than Western yeah. RPGs. But Western yeah. RPGs definitely do do some of those things too, but yeah so right now i'm looking at skyrim and dark souls remastered which i bought because of the hype because people say they're two of the best games ever made Mm -hmm. but should i just sell them they're cartridges and i could i could rinse my hands of them well this this goes back to what i i said about it being games that you want to complete if you've played them and you know that you don't like them like if you haven't played them yet you haven't tried them uh, I, I would definitely try them first, but if you played them and you said, eh, this just isn't for me, you know, it's, that's that's fine. You can just say, uh, it, it really is what's worth it to you, uh, I, I would say. 
Okay. Um, and, right. you know, I admit, I tend to be kind of stubborn. It's like, no, I spent money on this. But, you know, if you actually have, <laughs> like, the, the physical cartridge and you can just sell it, then, yeah, I, I don't see any shame in that. Uh, you're, it, it should be a list of games that you want to finish. For yeah. sure. Okay. So try it. If I don't like them, sell them. Yeah. And if you're uh, if you're asking specifically for like, are these good games that that we think you should play? Then uh, on that front, like, it actually does sound like Dark Souls doesn't actually fit into the reason you don't like RPGs. Uh, it's all about your your skill and your reflexes and stuff. And v- actually, there's almost no story unless you like are like okay. really paying attention to detail and stuff. Well, so yeah. I, but the thing is, it is kind of, it's not very user friendly in terms of like, Oh, this is what this stat does. So yeah, it, there's it, definitely you may be frustrated that. by the fact you, you're probably going to want to like read a wiki and kind of get yep, an idea I'll of where to put your yeah. stats in Skyrim. On the other hand, um, yeah, it has a lot of story stuff, but it's like, especially compared to something like oblivion. Cause I'm, I've kind of been comparing the two cause I play a lot of Skyrim then I played Oblivion, I hated it, I rushed to the ending, and I, now I'm going back and I'm replaying it with a more open mindset, and I'm mm. actually liking it a lot. Uh, but the thing is, Skyrim is, compared to Oblivion and even Morrowind, which I haven't played yet, uh, is kind of murder hobo simulator. So <laughs> it's very it's very light on, like, you know, you don't have a strength stat or a speed stat or any of that stuff. You just have your skills that you have to worry about. And it's, it's very much just... Uh, Kill something, grab the valuables off its body, go sell it, rinse and repeat. Uh-huh. So it may be a little bit more friendly to your kind of um, just roam around action mindset. Mm, okay, I'll give it a shot. And then the last one was like West of Loathing, which was a review copy that Simeon and I played quite a bit on stream. Didn't love. It would just be kind of a chore for me to finish. But I also want to leave it on the list because it's like a list of things that I own and can play if I want to. So maybe I'll just mark it as like I'm done with it. I haven't beaten it, but I don't want to play it anymore either. Yeah, and that may be a good, uh, for you personally, that may be a good way of doing it is you have played, not play, uh, mm-hmm. you know, beaten, not beaten, and um, yeah. uninterested in or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I feel like for me... Um, I don't even place a game on my backlog, which is why one of the reasons why I don't have every game I own on my Switch or something like that on there. I don't even place it on my list if it's not something I'm actually interested in. Because if I played it at all and then said, ah, I don't think this one's for me, then I'm just going to move move on from it, you know. Um, And so I'm not going to say I completed it, but I can definitely remove it from the list and say, you know, I'm done with this one. I got as much fun out of it as I could. The way I try to look at it is video games are an art form that is designed around the idea of having an enjoyable experience. And so if you're not enjoying the experience, then you're not enjoying the art form the way the creator intended. He didn't he didn't. The creator did not want you to play the game because you felt like it was a chore that you had to finish. And so you should totally move past something if you are no longer enjoying it. (laughs) That's really good. That is helpful. It was probably not smart of me to have my backlog, so-called backlog list, the same thing as the every game that I own list and feeling like I need to beat it no matter how I came into possession of it, whether it was a review copy or what. And regardless of my enjoyment. So, yeah, I'm yeah. going to work on this list a bit. I mean, if I had every game that I owned and hadn't beaten on my backlog, I'd have, like, a Fallout 1, 
um, Thief the Dark Project, mm-hmm. uh, Splinter Cell, as I mentioned. You know, there there are a lot of games that I played and I just went, eh. You know, I'm I'm not interested in finishing this. You know, I I, I played like I played like ten hours. I got the gist of what it was about. Mm-hmm. Um, if I really want to know what the ending is, I can just look it up online. Okay, and I don't have any questions about the PS4 ones, but if you're curious, they are Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Inside, Star Wars Battlefront 2, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Bastion, To the Top, Batman Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, Star Wars Battlefront 1, sorry, some of these are not in a good order, um, Marvel Spider-Man, and Wipeout Omega Collection. I actually put them in order of the how long to beat mm-hmm. hours, so... That's the order that most of my lists here are in, except for there's some where you just kind of have to make up an idea of when you've beaten them or not. Like Overwatch and Killer Queen Black, those are just like online games. Yeah. I'll probably mark Killer Queen Black as beaten after I have my birthday party later this month and a few friends come over and we win some online matches. I'll be like, all right, we did that. <laughs> so Yeah, you do. Yeah. You definitely have some really good games on your on your PlayStation 1. The, both the uh, Spider-Man game and uh, I'm trying to think there was a, couple more of those that i was just like man that's a fantastic game um, probably the arkham ones yeah and, the arkham and, ones uh, yep fallen order yeah. yeah and and the ones you haven't some people haven't heard of might be the ones that are vr so i bought some games specifically because they're good in vr but uh yeah okay so very cool we've all got our backlogs out there and uh maybe we can follow up on this someday and have a good report that that we did it but how are, how are we going to go from here what's the plan so well i think like with most uh issues the first step is getting organized so um we've mentioned that we all have basically a, a list of games that we want to um to finish or at the very least attempt to finish so the question is, how do you tackle that list, I think, next? So first, make a list. Second, come up with a plan to tackle that list. Uh, and one of the things that uh, Scott mentioned this, there's a website called How Long to Beat uh, that lists uh, user-submitted times for how long it took them to beat a game and then sort of averages them out. And you can see everything from, like, you know, ju- if you're just sticking to the main story, how long it takes to beat how long it takes to beat if you're doing the main story and some of the optional side content and how much it takes to beat if you're, you're like going for a full-on completionist run. And so that that's a really good tool to kind of gauge what sort of investment time investment each one takes. So the question is, do you, do you let that, like, is that your way of determining which games to beat? I did that. I have been doing that. I called it the Dave Ramsey method for clearing out my backlog. And that was just the snowball. Your your game backlog snowball. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I started with the shortest ones um, and it does help to to start marking them off. Yeah. That's, that's really actually a pretty cool idea. That, that's something I hadn't thought of. I I knew about the site where you could check and see how long games were. And that's how I, uh, that is how I gauge sometimes if I'm willing to like commit to a game right then. But I hadn't thought of like using that in my list, which is actually kind of helpful because on my list, there's a couple of them that I'm like, no, this is the next game that I definitely want to play or I was already starting to play this one recently anyway. But 
as you get into the back half of the list, it's kind of, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other of like, well, I want to play all of these at some point. So which one do I play first? So the idea of like at least the back half of your list saying these ones in order of how long they're going to take and the front half being like, these are the games that I really am excited to play right now. I think for me, that's going to be the best way to, to handle it. Yeah, so the Dave Ram- okay, the Dave Ramsey method, if for those of you who haven't heard of it, uh, is a way of paying off debt, where you start with uh, start by putting all of your extra funds towards the smallest debt first, and uh, the the way it works is that when you pay off the smallest debt, then you take the minimum payment and all the money you were putting towards that and put it to the next smallest one, and then it just snowballs because now you have more and more money to pay off more and more debt. Um, so, and I think that makes sense for debt because debts do have minimum payments, but the games in my backlog do not have minimum payments. I don't have to spend like 10 minutes uh, a month with each game or whatever. Yeah, you're right. It, the, it breaks down, but you do get some momentum, maybe some emotional or motivational momentum by saying I've beaten three games in the last month so this month maybe i can take on this one that's a little bit longer checking things off the list release all those endorphins man you're all pumped you're like yeah uh, do- dopamine actually endorphins <laughs> are painkillers <laughs> eh whatever same difference hey, yeah, i thought you here, only corrected me it's, glenn maybe well i never said that i wouldn't correct him i said and i have interrupted him during this podcast i apologize for that but <laughs> oh, you're good the the thing about me is and I understand I'm a bit of an odd fellow, so my brain just works differently, but because I have, I, I made the mistake of putting a, this is the total amount of time, because I thought it would be like really cool to be able to see the total amount of time and like watch it dwindle and shrink as I, as I went forward. Unfortunately, if you start with the shortest games in your list, it's like, I beat three games. I took off 12, 12 hours off of my 200 plus hour list. Yeah. So for me, I actually found that kind of demotivating because instead of looking at the games I beat on the list, I was looking at the total time that, uh, you know, estimated time that it would take. Perhaps the way to do it, if you're going to do it that way, then is to only put them in order of the time they're going to take, but not have a total calculated time for all games together. Because then as you take them off the list, you're still getting that, yeah, I, I managed to complete a game, take it off the list sort of thing. But you're not paying attention to, oh, that was only 14 hours off of my total 364 hours. Because, I mean, then it doesn't matter which game you play. As long as you're devoting the same amount of time to playing games, you're going to get through that at the same rate. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is because I sometimes will, like, put a game on the list, but I don't want to put a sequel on the list. Um, sometimes it would actually grow when I beat a game because <laughs> it's like, okay, now I'm ready to play a sequel, put down the list, that's two hours longer. Oh, crud. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's true. Yeah. And I do think it is important to also not just get stuff off the list, but prevent it from growing. Um, unfortunately, I've pre-ordered a handful of games in 2020 because I, I'm basically grandfathered into that Gamers Club Unlocked 20% off price. So I've got Animal Crossing on the way, um, the Avengers game for PS4. I don't even know if I'm going to like that. Might cancel it. Um, I got Iron Man VR. So there's just a few things that like... Oh, and Breath of the Wild 2, I think, was up for pre-order. No, yeah, really? it wasn't. It wasn't, but Metroid Prime 4 was. Ooh. So anyway, um, 
But beyond those that I've pre-ordered for a discount, I'm not going to buy new games. I'm going to play my backlog. I think yeah. that yeah. I think that's a good good way to go. I think it, it's hard for me to necessarily uh, like be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to buy another game ever again <laughs> until I beat these. But I think like especially if if you want to be able to just cut loose, not have to worry about the stress of it, and you're just like, okay, I'm just going to do this thing, then it might be the best way of doing it. Unless you wanted to go the opposite extreme and just delete your list and just start playing only new games. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the thing is, I tried uh, for a long time to do the I'm not buying any more games until I get my backlog down to a manageable level. And the thing is, that turns your backlog into work because there was all this exciting stuff. So I found that that didn't really work for me. It, it, it just made me kind of stressed and <laughs> miserable. So... I would say probably the most... Okay, so the most important thing is if there's a game that you're really excited about that's coming out that's new, don't don't put off buying it. If you know you're going to play it immediately as soon as you get it and go through to the end, like I did with Luigi's Mansion or the uh, yes. Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening uh, for the Switch, you know, just, just go ahead and buy it, play it, and enjoy it because you're probably going to see that one through to completion or at the very least to a point where you feel comfortable stopping. What I would say uh, the most useful thing for me in not buying games, because there's a lot of times where a game goes on sale and I'm really tempted, uh, is learn to let go. Just ask yourself, do I have time for this? Like if it's not something you're going to play immediately, you're just getting it so that you can have it in your backlog. Don't, you know, don't buy that. And unless, of course, it's like it's a rare game and you found it for a good price at a used game store or something weird like that, like I did with Virtua Quest, because I've been looking for that for uh, over a year. Um, I, I said rationalizing my, my poor life decisions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so and also understand that you can't play every game that you want. This is something that I've really been working on myself here of late, but there's a lot of games where. It goes on sale. I have like I've entered my credit card information into Steam or whatever, and I ask myself, do I really have time for this? Because I'm not. I know I'm not going to play it right away. There's another game right around the corner that I'm more interested in, and so I say, you know, I don't really want this, and I'm, I. This is something that I'm kind of interested in. I'm not like super excited about it because I didn't buy it when it first came out or the first sale. Or whatever so I'm just gonna say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play it I take it off my wish list I and I, I just you know realize that I'm not gonna play it so if you're not super interested in the game ask yourself if you really really have to play it I know I did that with bravely default I, I played the demo I really liked it but eventually I, I realized I wasn't gonna get around to playing it Glenn, are yeah, you seriously version. telling us that the way we should handle this situation is to act like reasonable adults? <laughs> oh, come on. We're playing no. video games. <laughs> yeah, that can't be right. Yeah. No, I, no. I totally agree with you. Yeah, the, the, the solution essentially has to be like taking a step back, looking at what you can seriously do. And I mean, obviously, finances and stuff is a very important part of it, too. Is, you know, is, is this something... The question I usually ask whenever something goes on sale is, am I definitely going to play this in the future? Because if I'm definitely going to play it in the future and it's a better price than I'm going to find it for another couple of years, 
then I, it seems more justifiable. Um, and maybe that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why I have a backlog to some extent. But um, I really do feel like trying to make that cost-benefit analysis of, okay, am I going to play this later and going to spend full price on it? If, if yes, then go ahead and pick it up and try to make time for it now. But if you're not even really going to play it and you're just picking it up because it's on sale or because you heard good things and it's on sale, but you're not really that interested in it yourself, then yeah, maybe, maybe hold off. And, you know, Redbox actually exists and I keep forgetting about that. I guess you could always rent a game. <laughs> yeah. And, and where I live, this is, this is crazy. We still have rental. I recently realized we still have rental stores here in Oklahoma. There's a, a company called family video and they kind of exist all throughout the Midwest and yeah. they, you can rent video games and even consoles. So if I wanted to, I could play Spider-Man four and rent a PS4 and, you know, that's what I'm saying, guys. We need to we need to <laughs> we need to have have some sort of blockbuster revival. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, all right. Let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. I feel like it's been very helpful for me, at least. I'm gonna I'm as we speak. I'm restructuring my list, making it a little bit less rigid. But just before it was, have you beaten this? Yes or no, or hundred percented. And now it's gonna be like, I've beaten it. I've gotten enough out of it. I've hundred percented it. I want to play it or I'm ready to sell it or something. So yeah. Uh, any paradigm shifts for you two? It was definitely helpful to have, uh, have this discussion just to even just leading up to it. I had to think more about what games should be on my list and, and where I would place them and stuff. Cause I had had a little more of a nebulous list and I think I have a better, like, really hard list now that I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm going to follow. And I'm going to try to beat at least a handful of these before I move on. And uh, one last thing about prioritizing games and how you can deal with your backlog and stuff is a a little step you could take is just saying before I get a new game, I should beat, you know, one or Mm. two of these on my backlog. Uh, yeah, and that's that's definitely a, um, a healthy mindset. I know I've, I've done that with steam very much is like, uh, I'm very hesitant to buy games on Steam because I used to have a really, you know, right now I don't have a huge Steam backlog, but it's like, okay, I'm going to try to get down to like two or three games before I feel, you know, start buying more games. Smart. Awesome. All right, that's been the Backlog Podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, good luck with all of your resolutions and goals. And have fun playing your backlog. That's why we bought these games to have fun. Mm-hmm. and uh that should be the first priority all right very cool glenn where can people find you online <laughs> they can't uh <laughs> you um you can find me on twobillingfood.com uh i haven't been uh keeping up on the blog as much as i would like to but i'm hoping to do uh a little bit more uh stuff this year i i have some really big projects so i may be kind of towards the latter half of the year that you see some of that stuff come through but uh yeah so that's pretty much what i've been up to <laughs> awesome or will thank be you up so to. thank you so much for all your contributions to to Button crew and just making it a great website to go to and a great podcast to listen to all right, uh, Mr. Nathan Blake, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me uh, on my YouTube channel, which is Nathan Blake Games. Uh, you can also find me, uh, you'll see that under the icon of a, of a guy with a big red beard, because uh, <laughs> I had that big red beard before, although I've shaved it off now. 
Um, yeah, looking clean. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the What's the first video they should go to when they get to your channel? Something you're proud of recently? Oh boy, um, I don't know. That's that's a difficult question. There's a com- compilation that plays immediately whenever you come on to the channel, so it's a good good way to get a good feel. Uh, so it's just you know some of the highlights over the over my f- like second year on YouTube essentially. So uh, it's perfect. A good place to get started. Uh, you can also find me on my Twitter, which is at Nathan Blake Game. There is no S there because that was one character too long. So, <laughs> have you asked your parents like, why did you name me Nathan? It was one too many characters. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. Since my my full name is Nathaniel, it was always oh, yeah. the most frustrating thing. It's a nine letter long name. So <laughs> Zelda Ocarina of Time only allowed for eight characters. So I was always oh. really frustrated. But thus, I became Nathan for a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Usually the minimum number of characters for a uh, and enter your name uh, in like an an action adventure game is four. So I've always been <laughs> always been good, though. I t- I typically actually use my middle name when naming a, a character in an action adventure game. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I really mm-hmm. appreciate it. And yeah, those are the places you can find me. You can find me online at Amazon.com. Search for Spire of Tyranny. You can get it physical on Prime or on Kindle for cheaper. And I'm writing the sequel, so if if fantasy novels are your thing, then get it. All right. Now, we'll Scott, see. aren't you? Didn't you say that you shouldn't announce what you're doing too far in advance? <laughs> um, you shouldn't before you've done it at least once, and you know how long it takes. Okay. Yeah, you. If you say, "Hey, everybody, I'm writing a book," you get a lot of that social um, reward before you've done the work. But, but I've kind of been there, done that. So hopefully, I'm not, you know, just relying on that early dopamine rush before I burn it. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys in the next podcast. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Sayonara. <laughs> <laughs>